0: Good morning, White Sox fans. I'm Jim Margulis, and this is your White Sox Wake Up Call for September 21st, 2021. The White Sox magic number was halved on Monday night, and the White Sox didn't even have to do anything. The White Sox, in fact, blew a 3 0 lead and lost to the Tigers 4 3 in Detroit, but the Kansas City Royals swept Cleveland in a doubleheader, so the magic number fell from 4 2. The White Sox can clinch as soon as tonight with a win and a Cleveland loss. The Sox don't yet control their immediate destiny because of an all-around poor performance at Comerica Park. Carlos Rodon made his first start since September 10th, but he didn't look rejuvenated. His fastball velocity lagged, his slider wasn't a weapon, and when you combine the lesser arsenal with some piss-poor defense behind him, the 3-0 lead the White Sox gave him in the top of the third disappeared after the bottom of the inning. Craig Kimbrel then gave Detroit the lead with a 2-out 0-2 hit by pitch, a stolen base, and a bouncer that got past Gavin Sheets for the go-ahead single in the 8th inning, while the White Sox offense notched just one hit off the Detroit bullpen over the Final Four. But let's go back to the 3rd inning, because that's where this game took a turn for the worse. Rodan started the trouble by walking Isak Paredes after getting ahead 0-2, Willie Castro and Victor Reyes then singled to center, with the latter sneaking under the glove of a diving Cesar Hernandez to score choice first run and put runners on the corners with still nobody out. Hernandez's problems were just beginning. Jonathan Scope followed with the bouncer to second, which Hernandez fielded in between second base and Reyes, who stopped a double back to first. Hernandez tagged him with his glove despite his ball being in his throwing hand, then compounded problems by throwing late to first. A run scored, both runners were safe, and Detroit shaved it to a 3-2 game. The Tigers then tied the game on a pair of productive flyouts. Rodon ended up throwing 69 pitches over the three innings and 58 pitches over the second and third innings by themselves. His fastball topped out at 96, but it bottomed out at 89. He also failed to get a whiff on any of the 14 sliders he threw and resorted to his changeup nearly as often, which isn't a good sign. Tony Larusa said after the game about Rodon that, quote, he came back in and said he wasn't right, soreness, so we're concerned, and said that they're preparing for the worst while hoping for the best. Rodon dismissed greater concern about his status, calling it normal soreness and nothing crazy. I'm leaning toward La interpretation of the events because Rodon's stuff was relatively absent. And so was the White Sox offense, at least outside of the third inning. The Sox drew a couple of walks in the second inning off Matt Manning, but they couldn't get into the hit column until the third, when Tim Anderson followed a Brian Goodwin leadoff walk with a single to center. Luis Robert got plunked in the side to load the bases. The Sox then traded a couple outs for runs, Yohan Mankata fielder's choice, a Yasmani Grandal sack fly, before Eloy Jimenez scorched a double to right center for a palpable hit with runners in scoring position and a 3-0 lead. The Sox only mustered two hits over the next six innings, and none after the fifth. Manning induced 10 groundouts over his 5 innings, and when the Tigers' bullpen showed up, so did the strikeouts. Detroit relievers fanned 5 over 4 innings without walking a soul. The White Sox' bullpen was just as effective until Kimbrell in the 8th, and it was very much a kimbrel type 8th. With two outs and nobody on, he hit Robbie Grossman on the foot with an 0-2 curve, yielded a stolen base, then gave up a single on a curve in the zone to Harold Castro, who bounced it past Gavin Sheets. Sheets had a rough night at first base as he previously kicked a ball in an attempt for a sliding stop and wasn't in a position to cut off a throw from center that got over his head and gave up an extra 90 feet. White Sox fans typically don't need another reason to appreciate Jose Abreu when he gets a day off, but that'll give you a few games of not taking him for granted. Anyway, the White Sox and Dallas Keiko will try to return to the win column this afternoon against Detroit's Tyler Alexander. Today's game was originally supposed to be a tonight's game, but the start time was moved from 5.40 p.m. to 12.10 p.m. Central because of threatening weather.
1: The forecast could also affect the
0: game in Cleveland, so the White Sox might not be able
1: to... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
0: to clinch the Central, even if they take care of business on their end. In some good injury news, Adam Engel is expected to be activated for today's game. Now we'll just have to see what kind of workload he can carry.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
0: Down on the farm, the minor league season is over for everybody except the Charlotte Knights and the Dominican Summer League White Sox affiliate. The Knights got an extra 10 games tacked onto their schedule as part of the Triple-A's final stretch gimmick, and their 5-game series against Norfolk will start on Wednesday. As for the DSL White Sox, they beat the DSL Orioles first squad 5 to 2 in 6 innings. Victor Cazado went 1 for 3 at the strikeout. <laughs> Around the league, as previously mentioned, the Royals took both games of their doubleheader against Cleveland, 7-2 in Game 1 and 4-2 in Game 2. Salvador Perez hit his 46th homer of the season to own the home run record for a catcher who spent at least 75% of his games behind the plate in a season. The Houston Astros stomped the Angels 10-0, so they now have a five-game edge for home field advantage in the ALDS over the White Sox. As for the other games with the postseason implications, the Yankees beat the Rangers 4-3, while the Rays gave Shane Baz a win in his first career start with a 6-4 victory over Toronto. The Blue Jays' hold on the second wildcard spot is down to a half game over New York. Oakland could have moved within one game, but they lost the Mariners by a score of 4-2, so they're two games back of Toronto, with Seattle now within three games. In the National League, the Cardinals won their ninth straight game with a 5-2 victory over the Brewers, so they maintained a three-game lead for the second wildcard spot over Cincinnati, which kept pace by beating the Pirates 9-5. St. Louis is also four ahead of San Diego and four and a half games ahead of the Phillies, who were shut out by Baltimore 2-0. Philadelphia's road to the postseason is through the AL East, but the Braves extended their divisional lead to three games with a big win over the Diamondbacks. That'll do it for this edition of the White Sox wake-up call. Visit SoxMachine.com to talk about the game. and also have a spare parts White Sox news roundup and an Arizona Complex League White Sox affiliate season review. If you're new to the Sox Machine podcast, you can subscribe to it wherever podcasts are found. And if you'd like to support what we do, you can do so at patreon.com soxmachine where you can get an ad-free site and show with bonus content on both starting at just $2 a month. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. I'm Jim Margulis, and here's hoping the White Sox can make this 21st of September another one to remember.
1: Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.